Live from Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public service professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Jeannie Ives, Josh Cantro, Paul Lisnick, and Georgia Logothides. Our program tonight coming to you from my home base at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago, where our toll-free lines are open at 1-800-723-8029. That's 1-800-723-8029. If you want to email me a comment, it's Bruce Dumont at museum.tv. If you want to tweet me a comment, it's at Dumo, at D-U-M-O. And, of course, you can join us on the World Wide Web at Beyond thebeltway.com, and also on our Facebook page, our Beyond the Beltway with Bruce Dumont Facebook page. We've been getting a lot of response uh, from our Facebook audience, and again, uh, you can get us just about anywhere, and if you miss a show, you can always find it on the, on the Internet at beyondthebeltway.com. We have lots to talk about this evening. We will be talking about the passing of John McCain that will come later in the program. And again, uh, uh, a lot of people will have a, a lot of things to say on both sides of the aisle regarding uh, John McCain. But I want to talk about uh, this past week for the president. Uh, some people are suggesting that it was, it's was it been the worst week for the president, uh, given uh, the fact that, that, that Michael Cohn uh, uh, was convicted and Paul Manafort was convicted, uh, or at least he acknowledges his conviction, uh, Michael Cohen. Mm-hmm. So I want to get reaction on just sort of the, the politics and all of the issues, the legal issues surrounding Donald Trump. We will begin on the left side of the panel. Georgia Logothides, um, is this the worst week, and do you now really believe that impeachment will happen? I think absolutely it was his worst week. I don't think anybody on the left or the right looking at uh, what transpired, and I'm not even talking about how the cable news spun it one way or another. I just mean the facts on the ground. You have your former campaign manager and your former personal attorney, um, both essentially one obviously being convicted guilty by a jury and the other one pleading guilty. And it's a big issue, and I think the most important thing to realize, especially with the Manafort plea, I think that, uh, excuse me, the Manafort conviction, um, you had a jury where one of the jurors went on Fox News, it was her first interview, and she says, I am a Trump supporter. I had my MAGA hat in the back of the seat of my car reminding right. me I wanted to find him innocent, but the information was just so overwhelming, the evidence was. And I think we're getting to a point where, that evidence that's been being investigated for the past year is going to start coming out at trial. And whether or not impeachment is warranted, none of us sitting here can say right now. We don't have, obviously, access to the information that the prosecutors do. But as that becomes transparent, I think it's a serious question for the country to Jeannie Ives is a state representative. She ran for governor in the primary and uh, was very, very tight. Uh, ended up on the losing side. But again, uh, the current governor uh, is still looking for your help. My question, my question, I'm <laughs> not, not going to ask you it's going to be there, not likely, but my question to you is, how bad a week was it for the president? Oh, it wasn't a bad week for the president. Okay. I mean, there's a brand new NBC w, uh, Wall Street Journal poll out that basically said the president's job approval rating remains virtually unchanged. New polling from NBC News and the Wall Street Journal shows unchanged after he had what people consider his worst week. I mean, so, I mean, the polls tell us something, at least. They tell and us it, that they're baked. No. Those numbers have been, his, first no, of all, let's. No, this is, they had a polling beforehand, the polling afterwards, and his polling remains virtually unchanged. 46 approval rate to 44% approval rate, virtually unchanged. The other thing is record stock market. 
record bull mm-hmm. market ever. This is this is the Trump economy. Everything that's going on in Illinois, which is one of the worst run states in the union, by the way, is because of the Trump economy. Paul Lisnick joins us, a commentator and analyst, rather analyst for WGN Television. Um, is part of this story the fact that uh, the national news media they they were bombarding Trump all week? And these results of the poll are an indication that any knock by the national news media really helps Donald Trump. Well, yeah. By the way, there's two other pieces you have to add into this. Not only do we have Manafort and Cohn, but you also have the Trump uh, Foundation yes. uh, tr- uh, CFO right. uh, who agrees to cooperate. And you also have the head of the National Enquirer. Well, we've, That's we've all got noise. A, it's just noise yeah, to people. <laughs> no, we've Go got – uh, yes, you're talking about David – the two people we're talking about. David Packer. David mm-hmm. Packer, who right. is the head of the uh, uh, National Enquirer, and then uh, Mr. Weisselberg, who's right. the CFO of the Trump organization. So I'm just saying, when we ask the question, has it been a bad week, we just put all those four in. Yes. Um, and, and so at this point, Bruce, uh, you know, my take on it is less as a, a political analyst than it is as the lawyer hat that I wear, because yeah. the truth of it is, we don't know what anybody uh, had. We don't know what Mueller has. We don't know any of it. And so when you listen to Trump supporters talk about this, of course, there's no collusion. There's nothing about Russia. There's nothing to to grab onto here. Let it go. When you talk to Trump detractors, the answer is, ah, this is just the beginning of everything. And it's all there. The truth is Mueller doesn't talk. We have no idea what he knows. So the national media is certainly keeping their focus on this. There's no question. It's also worth, I'm going to back Jeannie up on those poll numbers because they did that poll twice. They did the poll before all this stuff came out and those numbers were what you said. And then they did it after this stuff broke and the numbers moved just by 2%, but it was was statistically insignificant. Josh Cantrell joins us. He's also a card-carrying Republican. Go ahead. So I echo uh, Jeannie's comments and I would add that uh, in addition to the stock market, another interesting statistic came out and that is that... uh, African-American small businesses, since Trump took office, have more than quadrupled. So he is lowering African-American unemployment rate, wage gains, record um, low unemployment rate for Latinos. There's a lot of good things happening. Is but that to get information, to these is, it, is, so is that information sinking let's, in? Let's talk numbers uh, for a second. So wait, it, real quick. I'm sorry, if I could, up, if I could continue. Um, I, I think it is sinking in because, you know what? The poll numbers have remained unchanged. And let's look at these charges. Manafort had nothing to do with Russia, nothing at all. Cohen all had charges. nothing to do with Russia. Eight counts, and only two of them had to do with the Trump campaign. And I would like to ask, who is Lanny uh, Davis, the longtime Clinton aide and confidant, representing? Was he representing Michael Cohen, or was he representing the Clintons, and the establishment that is out to get Donald well, Trump. Well, by the way, as a lawyer, I'd have to say, but as a lawyer, yeah. that's not a fair comment to make yeah. because Lanny Davis is a lawyer. You're a lawyer. He's got a job to do. So to say he's not really representing his client, he's got Clinton interests behind him, mm-hmm. uh, would lead to uh, – I sat as a disciplinary commissioner for 25 years. That would create real problems for him and his license. So well, you can make it as a rhetorical comment, but, but, uh, but no, the, he's got a client to represent, and that's what he's doing. I think his, his license should be looked at because he was all over the news – after this, saying that Cohen would not take a um, a pardon from Trump, and he was spouting Democratic talking points. I mean, th- these were throw-in charges to aimed to get the president. Well, the question they're is, aimed to get his question, client yeah. off. The question, the question is, is is all of this information, all of this legal mumbo jumbo that's being thrown out there, 
um, is it having an impact on voters? Let's no, not at all. We heard from really, the poll, you know, but I want to hear your It's kind of sexy to quote the top lines, but let's look at the evidence as it exists. Trump's poll numbers have been largely unchanged for the better part of six months. And why? Because everything is baked in. What we need to do is look at the numbers below the top lines. 16% of people strongly approve of the president, right? And probably they're sitting around this table. 46% strongly disapprove. And that's what we're talking about. When you say, wow, this Trump economy is booming, why isn't that 16% approval number higher? Because the economy is booming for the investor class, not for the working class. Oh, that is not true. That's uh, absolutely there true. There are so many people that have a 401k, and they've seen such so so many great If you have 500000 in your 401k, absolutely. Peoria. But how many people Peoria. have that much money Peoria, in their 401k? Illinois. Peoria, Illinois, How many one people of the have top, that much money in their Wait, 401k. No, no, no. Peoria, Illinois. Most people top, don't top wage finish. gains. Top wage gains in the country, Peoria, Illinois. And that's because you're seeing a cyclical uptake in, in what's happening in manufacturing in Peoria. We've got and to that's the truck economy. Planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California. A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes, to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at BrianSellsTheDesert.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. One of the other big stories that we haven't even touched on yet, and that is the ongoing battle between the President of the United States and the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions. Uh, last week, the President uh, threw out more meat to uh, his base, at least regarding uh, Jeff Sessions. But Sessions, Sessions responded, and he said towards the end of his statement, he said, the actions of the Department of Justice will not be improperly influenced by political considerations. And he began that comment by saying, I have been in charge of the Justice Department from day one. The president suggested that uh, he doesn't have control of the Justice Department. And again, there's been probably 15, 20, 30 uh, tweets that the president has sent over the, sent over the last several months about uh, Jeff Sessions. My question to our Republicans, should Jeff Sessions go? Josh. I would love to see Jeff Sessions voluntarily go. I think that, that it's going to happen. I don't think. Right. <laughs> I, I think it, it's whether Trump actually fires him or not. I used to be on the side of no, he can't do it. It would be too much of a political storm. At this point, I think I, I'm moving more to the side that he should. Because Jeff Sessions, if Jeff Sessions was going to recuse himself, he should have told the president that. That should have been a factor. And the well, fact. I'm sorry, does everybody agree with that? Absolutely not. Okay. 
Go ahead. Why? Well, because why did he recuse himself? Because of testimony that occurred after he got appointed. So it just doesn't make sense. And why would you tell the person that's appointing you, even if, for example, if he knew that he was going to recuse himself, why would that matter? It's recusing yourself out of your ethical considerations. Would you not want the most ethical attorney general? Or, or does he want a lapdog? Because that's what it sounds like no, he wants. No, no, but, but would you, what, if you were the person that was being offered the job, and you had any consideration at all. Well, he didn't know at the some... time that he would have to recuse himself. That's because of the, the timing oh, of the you, Russian what, investigation. No, you would do that. Paul, what do you think? You absolutely would say that this is... Let's ask our lawyer. I'm going to take a step back and, and play lawyer, which is, first of all, Everybody who serves in the cabinet serves at the pleasure of the president. So okay. let's just right. start by saying if That's President right. Trump says he wants him out, he's gone. He doesn't need anybody's permission. In fact, nobody can really – well, good, but nobody can really force it. It's his decision. So that being said, what is the reason that President Trump wants him out? Because he – well, because he recused himself on the Russia decision um, when the truth is among all of the, the uh, cabinet members, there's probably nobody more forceful in enforcing the Trump agenda and making things happen that the president wants than Jeff Sessions. So the reason he wants him out has nothing to do with how he's performing his job. It has to do with this investigation. Was Sessions right in recusing himself? 100 percent. As a former ethics commissioner, had to do it, had to go. Should he have told the president, if I become attorney general, I may have to recuse or I will have to recuse myself? Uh, probably he should have. Yes. To, yeah, he yes. should have probably said yes, something that this could happen at the same time. And the timing as far as what came out when, I'm not exactly sure it's, about. It's all together. Um, but nevertheless, if he did feel that strongly, he could also say to the president, I'm taking myself out of it. Mm -hmm. Your response. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Look, they serve at the pleasure of the president. If the president really wanted him out, he would, he would take him out. I mean, to some of this is, I think it's just rhetoric, but you're absolutely right. He's been very good at imposing the Trump agenda, especially when it comes to immigration law. I mean, we sit here in Chicago, we sit in Illinois, we're considered a sanctuary state, and what are they doing? They're withholding federal public safety grants because they think that we're a sanctuary state. He is absolutely 100% upholding the, um, uh, President Trump's agenda, and so I, I think it's a, a double-edged sword. Who do you get in well, next? Well, that, that, that's, but that's the question, I mean, because the president can say, okay, it took you know months for Peter Strzok to lose his job. Susan Page is still on the payroll. I mean, the other people that, that are there, the, uh, Bruce Orr is still there. I mean, there are other people that are involved in at least the president's perception of people that that's conspired against him. They're, they're still getting a government check working for uh, – But Peter, uh, but I, that, Peter Strzok right. was, off, was out of his job. Yes, he was working there but pulled off the investigation. So you, you can't ignore that. It wasn't like he worked for months in the investigation. Once, once Mueller found out no, what but, had no, happened, but, he was but gone. If, no, but, but, but I think in the court of public opinion, I think a lot of people, a lot of people who listened to this program, they wondered why did it take so damn long to get rid of Peter Strzok based on what the guy said. Right. He was, he was still he was getting a paycheck. Right. He was still getting a paycheck. And he's going to get a pension. Here's the thing. I think – but text. they're pulling security a, clearances, which yeah. is smart. They're doing some things personnel-wise. Right. We have to take a step mm -hmm. back and look at the political map. And the, tr the reality is the Republicans have a 50 – it'll soon be 51 to 49 advantage in the Senate when McCain's replacement is appointed by the Republican governor. The, but you have several Republican senators who have said they will not vote to confirm a new attorney general. So you have to wonder, is Trump going to wait – and gamble that the Republicans pick up seats in November, yes. like a lot of people are predicting, and then give Sessions the act. Well, Senate is also changing its tune, and Lindsey Graham is the perfect example of that. Because Lindsey, the Lindsey Graham of eight or nine months ago said, you get rid of, of uh, the Attorney General, and you just open up a whole Pandora's box. Right. Last week, Lindsey Graham says, well, 
well, you know, I think his days are numbered, but probably after the November election. What about, what about, I, I think Graham is angling for the job. I think so, too. Uh, or <laughs> or Gowdy. The, the question that I would have is that in, in this particular case, did, did Jeff Sessions make a mistake by, by speaking up against the president? Does that only rile the president up? Or does that, from Jeff Sessions' future, does it only make him somewhat of a darling of the media, even though at the beginning of this administration he was reviewed as maybe the worst pick that the, that the president said? I mean, everybody was against Sessions. Now, I mean, the national news media, I mean, is this a guy that's going to be seen as some profiling I don't think, I mean, Why is he the worst pick? I don't know. I Why don't is he the, he's the worst either. pick? Because Trump's not happy with the recusal decision. As an attorney general... He's been no, for the Trump agenda. He's the, been a great no, what, pick. what I'm saying is that the left, the left in the country, they were they were furious. Oh, they, hate they, they, they hate him. I'm just saying right now. He's I the mean, darling. The, he's becoming he's the, the darling. darling. Well, I, I don't mean, think the statement was to make him a darling. Here's, here's what we haven't talked about, which is morale within the DOJ. You know, you throw around these names, but the you know 99.999% of people who work in the Department of Justice are career civil servants, people who love their country and are trying to do their job regardless of their political affiliation. And I think part of that statement that yeah, he issued leadership was so that he can say, you know what? I'm behind this department. I'm defending this department. I think well, I think Sessions did the right thing for him. I think that he he does he, he was taking it on the chin. All these tweets coming out, he wasn't responding. I think for Jeff Sessions' own self-respect, he yeah. did the right thing. But I think I still think he's going to go. Well, when, when when the president said, "What kind of a man is this?" Yes, I mean he he mm-hmm. literally he, he he was. He was going well, it got personal. And, you know, you could say never talk back to your boss, you know, the president. But actually, I'll support Jeff Sessions in a statement because he didn't attack the president. Mm-hmm. He talked about the importance of keeping the political process out of the work of the DOJ. And, and, and my credential there is that I trained Department of Justice. They've been my client for years and years. I've trained every pretty much every U.S. attorney that's all been fired. But before the firing, uh-huh. uh, I dealt with all of them. And what I can tell you is, aside from the political appointees, these are people who, as Jordan said, they, they, they're not political. I mean, it's, everybody has their political views. But they are, if, if they can't see the forest for the trees, it's about justice and, and maybe taking somebody down that doesn't need to go down, but it's not politically driven. It's not what, that but, what, func- that, that's what, it's not what functions within yeah. them. It's but not if who it's they not are. politically well, no, driven, that, then why did 90% of DOJ employees contribute to the Clinton campaign? And if 99% of them are so pure as the driven snow, then why are we finding out about Peter Strzok? I bet if we got into a lot of other text messages from uh, DOJ people and FBI people and private emails and the like and found out what private Facebook groups they're in, for instance. But But you're you're making the assumption that you're making the assumption that can't put their political... They have their political views. Everybody does. If what you're saying is true, then no Democrat would ever be... If what you're saying is true, then no Democrat would ever be indicted by the Department of Justice, right? If what you're saying is true, they would never go after a liberal. Which is completely wrong. One at a time, Because it's illegal to ask political affiliation for a government job, as it should be. Josh. It shouldn't be a consideration. But but the reality is, why is that 90% of the DOJ staffed with Democrats? Why shouldn't it be equal? Why, why do Where's Democrats, that coming yeah, from? Where, first of all, where is that coming from? And second of all, <laughs> I, wouldn't I, be surprised, I would not be surprised that Democrats gravitate towards the Department of Justice because that's what part of the party platform is. But putting that aside, it is illegal to that's ask party is. affiliation be, precisely because we don't want that being factored in. And uh, obviously, obviously that, that only Democrats Peter can uh, okay. rule over Democrats and only Republicans can rule over Democrats. Obvious concerns with what happened with Peter Strzok and his girlfriend. 
sitting there in the FBI. I mean, they couldn't have been more political in the, t- in the There's t- nothing. Texas, uh, just Peter Strzok is the one that said Hillary Clinton needs to be exactly, investigated. Exactly. So he's, he's after everybody. And nothing in their, nothing in no, their investigation. Let me just say, one of the things that, that has surprised me, it hasn't really surprised me over the last eight or nine months, is the way in which liberals have twisted themselves like pretzels <laughs> So they cannot come on a program and say, you know what, the actions of these two FBI people, it's dicey. They don't see anything wrong with it. Well, no, but they're still doing a professional job. How do we know that they're doing a professional job? I mean, they are sharing their innermost thoughts. The big issue is they got caught. They got caught. Mm -hmm. And for anyone to say that that doesn't look dicey, I I really question it. And that's Because because I, I don't think you're being... Candid. I, I like you both, but I don't think you're being candid about no, that. No, no one's that giving looks, it the green that light. That smells bad. No and one, if there's three yes. or four other people in the hierarchy mm-hmm. of the FBI, we're not talking about all of the Justice Department. Mm-hmm. We may be talking about four or five bad apples. You get four or five bad apples, and they happen to be the four or five top people at the FBI. That's a problem. And the average person... I think can see that story. And, let's and go that's back why to that's why thing. Trump won. The yes. whole Hillary Hillary Clinton investigation was a scam and a sham, and everybody knew it. And Peter she was Strzok not was high up treated the same way others were. But, but he is not alone. So going back to what you said, absolutely. We do know we, he's not do alone. we want these text <laughs> messages? Do we want people texting back and forth like that? I mean, they have the right to. Does it look shady? Yes. It is but shady. this is where we have to defer to the people that know the evidence better than we do at this table, right? Because we just go off of what we hear on cable news and what we read in the newspaper. The fact remains that this has well, been investigated, and they, they haven't even gotten all the evidence. That there was no swaying negatively toward, you know, a bias minute. toward They have found Clinton. no collusion. And that's the evidence. Importantly, they have found most importantly, collusion. he is, getting combined I here. was not alone. There were it's people above him that thing. had to approve it's his decision. The there were people that, below him as well. But that's point. But the point is, when, you, when you talk about what Peter Strzok and, and Paige were talking about, one of the persons above them was James Comey. Yeah. We know that he wasn't dealing with a full But he's a political appointee. 18 months, no collusion. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Uh, during the first segment, Paul Lisnick was talking about uh, that it wasn't just Manafort and Cohen that is a problem for the president, but now uh, he's got uh, two longtime associates, uh, David Peckler, who is the uh, editor and publisher 
publisher rather of the National Enquirer, and Alan Whistleberg, Weisselberg, who is the CFO of the Trump Organization. These are one is a longtime friend, one is a very close business associate, the only non-Trump who's basically in the triumvirate that runs that company, and uh, they both uh, have been given immunity. And uh, one has to assume, at least if, if, you're the, if you're the keys to the financial kingdom, you know an awful lot, Paul. Well, one of the questions is we don't exactly know when the immunity for the CFO was granted. And so there's some people who believe that might have been to set up Cohn. Uh, it might have been to get information tied to Michael Cohn. That's a possibility. I don't buy that possibility. Yeah. Uh, I think it makes and, – and again, the lawyer in me says you don't offer immunity to someone unless you know what they have to offer you and it's worth it. And immunity points upward. So the, the CFO and Wesselberg and you – know, and, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Pecker, all of them are pointing – elsewhere. Uh, Otherwise, the government doesn't care. So I don't know what they have to offer. And again, you know, pro-Trump folks can say there's no collusion, there's no collusion. It's the lawyer that goes, I don't know what there is because Mueller's not talking. I only know he granted immunity to two people because they have something worthwhile for the government. We do not know what that is. So I'm going to agree with you in part and say that Weisselberg, as a Trump supporter, is of the most concern to me because this guy knows where the bodies are the buried. financial bodies okay. mm-hmm. he he was hired by fred trump he has yep. been in the business longer than donald trump right. has been in right. that business so that is concerning and i've heard that it was only limited immunity to get to cohen and it's only dealing with that but I, that's going to be an interesting story to see adam davidson at the new yorker has been doing some really fascinating reporting on the trump Foundate uh, the Trump Organization. By the way, can I, I have to add this in. It might be that Weisselberg's information doesn't point to President Trump. I mean, President Trump probably comes out of this unscathed anyway, just because he's president, and that's just kind of the way it's going to go, I think. However, what, what the Southern District of New York is looking at, and we know that, that – and Mueller is very smart on this realm. He's having a, a non – it's a federal court, but he's having – sorry, non-federal court. He's having the state of New York look at this because the president can't pardon anybody for this. And I think Weisselberg and his efforts are going to ultimately point to potentially Don Jr., Jared Ivanka, those are the folks running the por- corporation. That's where he's okay, going. But what well, type Jared of financial Ivanka crimes were are you indicted are going to happen? Well, I don't know what kind of financial crimes. It could be investments. It could be. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, but it's got to be nothing know. related yeah. to him as a president. Well, we don't Again. know. I don't know. Again, but, well, but, but, but here's what my would point. be related to but him if, as a president? If, he, if New York. As a president, I'm not talking I, pre-presidency. I'm talking as a president. What would be related that they would find that would jeopardize his presidency I, I could, for impeachment, I could, which is what the Democrats obviously want? Well, actually, I don't think the Democrats the just want the truth wherever it no, is. No, no, no. They want impeachment. No, the, you guys they want don't care about the truth. The bottom line is, is they can, even so if the Democrats take the House, he's not being, he may get impeached, but he's not yeah, going to get removed exactly. from office because you don't have two thirds of the I mean, we're realists. Hey, we know it's not going to happen. So. Yeah, you, there, there could be information tied to, you know what? I'm not even. I'm talking presidency. I understand. I know you. I know. And the point is, I'm not even, I can sit and speculate. I don't want to speculate. But also, but also, we, actually, we actually haven't even right, watched. Well, folks, doing everybody, this I haven't hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Isn't the goal of the Democrats, Georgia, mm-hmm. to destroy Donald Trump? Well, I yes. think considering what Donald Trump is doing to America, they absolutely want oh him to gosh, be held accountable. Oh my gosh! Record bull market, but, lowest but unemployment. What I'm saying is, there's a lot of Democrats, myself included, right, that just want to follow the evidence wherever it may lead. Are there Democrats right now on the campaign trail that are saying, "I want impeachment 100 percent"? The evidence is already there, absolutely. But there are also a lot of Democrats who are saying, "You know what? Impeachment is for." 
high crimes and misdemeanors. And I don't know if that threshold is there yet. During the presidency. But just going real back about financial crimes during the presidency, not about financial crimes, but I like how you don't even mention the fact that there's several emoluments lawsuits pending against Donald Trump for profiting off of his presidency in violation of the Constitution. Donald Trump's stature is going to always be sued for... Whatever. I well, mean, he's the well, president. No, he, he, he's being sued he's in his capacity he's as the pre- president. Let me go back to impeachment. And the, the Democrats have wanted to impeach Donald Trump since November 8, 2016. Since the day he was elected. A lot of people don't think he shouldn't have been elected, but that doesn't mean but that the they're American making up evidence. And that's him. the beauty of our judicial There's, system, that there are Trump supporters on juries who will find his former campaign manager guilty of crimes. Here's the situation. Is is the connection uh, to uh, David Pecker at the, the National Enquirer? <laughs> that is the name. It's a great is, name. Is 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 he going to be because he is dealing in salacious stuff, not necessarily financial stuff, but he's dealing with who said what to whom, and this woman said this, and but because of the salacious nature of it, is he going to have a greater impact? Long term, if he turns on Donald Trump, than others. I Jeannie, think, you know, as well, a woman, as a woman, I want to hear from Jeannie first. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, most people are worried about, you know, what is my what's my job opportunity looking like? What's the economy looking like? Some of this is just noise. And again, they've already discounted him and his salacious women stuff a long time ago, beginning with the Access Hollywood tape. So, I mean, I think this is all nobody really cares anymore about that so nobody my opinion my opinion is like do we care to have a really um uh, you know a, a man with you know, upstanding standing principles and is you know a solid family guy yeah we would love that but we still elected donald trump but, 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 I you know, say, but, can but, i just add well, to that well, paul paul and then back to you Mueller, because this this conversation sounds as though Mueller's trying to find out did he have more affairs what other way Mueller doesn't care I don't about think he any cares of either. that that's, that's why. not so what Mueller's looking so what Mueller is looking for with regard to david pecker what Mueller's looking for is did money get paid to women that came out of campaign funds okay. that were tied oh. to the election? Now, he may Wait not have the answer, but that's the what John he's looking Edwards for. Case, though, John tells Edwards us a lot. was charged with a crime and was found not guilty. He was charged with a he crime was too, and was found not guilty. He was too, but actually that's because his donors paid off the, the, I'm just the saying, woman he was charged and not with a crime. Donald Trump And now himself. we're looking to see. Now so Mueller's finding out, did Donald that. Trump commit a crime? Bruce, that's I, his job. Also, but again, the average I do believe that the average person, the average person might be saying, you know what? All right, this, there were women out there. They were going to spread a story. I've got lots of money. I want to shut them up. I'm going to give them money to shut them up so it doesn't come out. But if that, you're running for federal office, then we care. No, no, that, no, no. That's, exactly that's not right. the truth, though. And that doesn't all, matter. No, what, I'm saying is, is, the, what, I, what, what I'm saying is the average person, I don't think, cares what no, they don't. They don't. That's it. Those numbers are big. There's nothing wrong again, with and if somebody's doing writing a non-disclosure check, agreement and making a payoff. If somebody is writing a check. Tied to campaign influence? Okay. Paul, Paul, no. if someone is writing a check from their own account. From their own account. From that their is own the key. account. That's what's different about the, the John care? Edwards affair. Oh, because, be, well, and I can answer that legally. No, you don't have to answer it because the courts have, have already decided uh, gonna, Everybody's going to talk. Different. You go first. And then, then the point Josh. is the fact that the check comes from a personal account 
generically speaking, is not a, well, that's not an issue. If the check is coming from a personal account for the purpose of intentionally hiding, I'm, I'm, it's hypothetical, for intentionally hiding things coming from another account and it gets reimbursed and put in the other account later, and the pay, this is all about follow the but money. That's, that's if Mueller follows the, I don't know what happened, but if Mueller follows the money, that's what he's looking for. Now, if you're right, Jeannie, if it's none of that, and Donald Trump wrote a personal check, end of story. Now, John Edwards got acquitted because even so, though the donors, his Jeannie, donors paid off the person, which is why it became more of a campaign finance issue. Trump personally paid the person off like it's something he wanted away. <laughs> there is a difference there I because of the campaign finance But, Donald, but by the way, wait, now, John Edwards now, was not honestly, about John, John Edwards was about winning all, the election. I find it all despicable. I find it all next. despicable, Josh by the way. Josh is next and then Georgia. Boy, we got a panel tonight. I want to go to the point about you know look, everybody wants a pure Republican and a Republican that is a nice person. Well, we ran a war hero, oh. and look what happened. Bob Dole got we beat up. We ran two war heroes. We, we ran a war hero, uh, John McCain. He got beat up. He was called an ignorant racist, okay? Uh, what All these tributes about McCain coming in right now, I find it really interesting. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. I want to yeah, get so George. I, I just critical. find I it amazing that we're at this point in American politics where we have Republicans, purportedly the family, the party of family values, rationalizing away whether it's okay to pay off a mistress with a personal check or a campaign check. Let's, let's put this all to the side right now and, and talk about well, that this. Is, no, that, right? that is a point of law let's, that has nothing to do with so whether it was right or not. This. If it's the check all wrong when he did the purposes of influence. Yeah, so this is the the point of law. If the check was written for the purposes of influencing an election, right, then it was a campaign donation and it should have been disclosed as such, whether it came from his bank account or whether it was cut from the campaign as a reimbursement. But this is the thing that we need to look at the most. I think going back to what you said about public opinion, do they really care whether or not, you know, they already knew with the Access Hollywood tape. What's happening now is... He's lying about this stuff. So he, at first he says, I didn't know about the payment until later. And then there's an audio tape of him negotiating the payment with his personal attorney beforehand. And my question is, Which already is his credibility too. is in the gutter, obviously, with Democrats. We talked about the numbers being baked in. Yeah. The Republicans are going to stand with him no matter what. It's those independents that are going to decide his reelection. And yeah. they already know he's a liar. And my question is, at what point is enough enough? And I think we're getting there because they're like, okay, well, he lies about good. himself all the time. Well, now he's lying about some other stuff as well. First of all, we do like folks that are, you know, adhere to family values. That's who we are. We stand for principles, right? We are the pro-life. Why are you standing next to Donald people. Trump? Because it's not. They, first of all, you had two choices. You had Donald Trump or Lion Hillary. I mean, honestly, but why you did. are you still? You st- to, there's a lot of Republicans well, no, who no, no, voted no, no, for look, him and have stepped away since. Because this is a witch hunt. This is a witch hunt. I this a, is a I witch a hunt about yeah, his behavior, his demeanor mm-hmm. with women, was, uh, which I do not agree with at all. Mm-hmm. This is a witch hunt, though, trying to take him out by the Democrats. And when you look at a politician, you get the whole picture. And I, Donald Trump's policies, for the most part, have been pretty I, beneficial. I have a quick Can I just say Policies <laughs> over his personality. And you know what? When the economy is booming and when black unemployment is at a record low and Latino unemployment is at a record low and you've got job gains going out of the galore and you've got ISIS defeated, that's what the American people care about. We care. Yeah, we care more about sanctions on Russia, too, by the way. we're going to have one right now because they're very popular. 
Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City, just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. We're we're having a great conversation during the break. And again, it's been uh, I've been trying to keep a rein on our guest this evening. It's been uh, it's been tough. All right, we've gone forty five minutes into the program. The big story nationally uh, on all the news shows today uh, was the passing of John McCain. I want to ask my Republicans first uh, their reaction to the passing of John McCain who, uh, for many Americans, uh, is rightfully lionized by the national media. And to some extent, uh, there are many people in the country this evening uh, who who may be sorry that the senator is gone, but uh, they don't think as highly of them as the national news media and some Democrats have felt about uh, John McCain. So I'm going to ask my Republicans first. We'll start with you, Jeannie. Um, you're a West Point graduate. You respect those that serve the country. Your reaction to the passing of uh, John McCain, and, and, and what word would you have to those conservatives listening this evening that may have a uh, less-than-stellar opinion of the late senator? Well, I found out after putting a small tribute to his service during war and as a POW on my Facebook post that there are quite a few uh, haters out there and that if you even you know, give him credence for what he stood for for 2,000 days in captivity, that you are just, you, you don't know anything about John McCain. He's, he was a songbird in, in, as a POW. He, you know, blew up the USS Forestral. They're, they're blaming him on all this stuff. And I said, well, you know, I was just shocked, quite frankly, shocked that they could not actually give him credit for his military service because, you know, less than 1% of Americans ever serve. And to become a Navy fa- fighter pilot is no joke. My son is in Navy pilot training right now. And I look at these folks who are just haters on Facebook. I say, you know, you couldn't even fit, fit, meet the fitness standards, let alone handle a Navy plane, let alone fly 23 missions, let alone si- survive over five years in captivity being tortured. And um, I was just shocked at the vitriol against John McCain, they could not even appreciate his military service, which is all I commented on, because he has a mixed bag politically for me as a true conservative. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, you know I, I, here's John McCain long-term will always be remembered. You know, we've had a number of individuals come out of military service and then serve in prominent political positions, but very few when you really think about it. It's a rarefied air, right? You've got um, President Grant. You've got um, Eisenhower, um, Teddy Roosevelt, you know, coming out of the Rough Riders. You've got um, Polk. You've got, and then you've got, you know, you've got in Vietnam War era, right? You've got 
your choice. You've got John Kerry, who basically threw denigrated, threw away his medals and everything. And then you've got the, uh, the opposite in the Vietnam era, which was still your draftees. You've got John McCain, right. who served with honor. So I, I'm just, um, you know, I'm, I'm mystified at the response from conservatives. Gosh. So I, I would echo uh, what Jeannie said. Uh, I did get some pushback when I called him uh, a hero on my uh, Facebook wall and in some private groups. But what I find um, even more remarkable is the outpouring of praise that you hear from the liberal media and the Democrats, the same people that were calling John McCain an ignorant racist who held Nazi-style rallies during the 2008 campaign because he dared get in the way of the beloved Barack Obama's ascension to the White House. And so I, I couldn't, I'm going to be honest with you, Bruce, I watched some of the Sunday shows today, but I couldn't take it. It was just too much. The same people who criticized him are now over the top in praise of him. You know what the national media likes and the Democrats like? They like dead Republicans, and they like Republican can't presidential candidates who lose. Uh, Georgia. So John McCain was, I think, something that we sorely need in these times, which is a true statesman, you know, um, in every sense of the word. Do I, as a Democrat, agree with everything that he's done? Absolutely. I had very strong policy disagreements with him, um, did not like a lot of his votes, certainly did not like his vice presidential selection uh, nominee. But um, on balance, and this is where it goes back to what you're saying, well, Democrats criticize them. That doesn't give, that doesn't mean that we're deprived of the right now to honor his life as an American hero. A life is a continuum. It's a continuum of successes and mistakes. And I think he made some and was called out on them. But on balance, this is somebody who, regardless of what he did, you cannot deny that he loved this country. And there was a great line in one of his books where he said, it wasn't until I was held captive and away from America that I truly fell in love with her. And I think that's a sentiment that a lot of people can empathize with these days, where we wrap ourselves in patriotism on Fourth of July and Labor Day, and we have our flags, and we love our country. But it's not until we feel that country or its democratic ideals are under threat that we realize this kind of really deep-hearted patriotism that John McCain carried with him every single day. For me, everything you need to know about John McCain is the fact that he worked with John Kerry to go to Vietnam together to try and repair the relationships between us and Vietnam, who reached out to Ted Kennedy to work with him in healthcare areas, who reached out to, to uh, Feingold uh, to deal with McCain-Feingold, who, when Barack Obama was attacked in a town hall by a woman who said he's an Arab, took the microphone, he could have had a field day with that and said, no, he's not. He's a fine man, a family man. We disagree on policy. That's who John McCain was. You don't have to agree with everything he did, the positions he took, his votes. You could be mad at him for what he did with the health care thing in his last day all of that. But to me, it's about his demeanor. It's heightened now because of the environment that we are living in. Yep. And, and, but to show you the environment we're living in, I think a lot of Republicans, I'm curious what you think, say when, when, when President Trump, then President Candidate Trump, said John McCain is not a hero, I like people who aren't captured and made that comment, even though John McCain could have gone home early and stayed with his men, right, he was given the opportunity, most people, Republicans said, well, Trump is out, but Trump is president. So clearly, Something something has changed in terms of the way people view statesmen and how people are supposed to be acting. Well, I think uh, that I, was I a, think that I was, think it's important oh, is that yeah. is the American people when they've had a chance to vote for a war hero or someone who's not a war hero, whether it is George Bush or whether it's Bob Dole or whether it's John McCain, they don't vote for the war hero. And what was unique about it, to me that was the turning point of the campaign 
because it basically said that card-carrying conservative Republicans, including those in South Carolina, you could insult John McCain and get away with it because many Republicans felt the same way. They felt the same way. They were able to separate John McCain, the hero, from John McCain, the politician. They may respect one. They did not respect the other. We've got a pause. We've got another full hour coming up with calls at 1-800-723-8029. If you're listening to us on radio, stay right where you are. If you're watching us on television, we'll see you next week. If you look hard enough, go off the beaten track far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger, and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's World, Weekend Update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. Chris Dumas 
Halifax in Chicago. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. Republican State Representative Jeannie Ives joins us. She is from Illinois. She ran for governor and uh, was unsuccessful, but again, uh, ran quite a race. Was it 48 percent? Uh, yes. 48 percent from virtually uh, a stopped position without nearly the money of your opponent. That's right. Uh, Josh Cantor also joins us. He is a Republican, and uh, he's identified himself as a Republican Jewish lawyer. That's There's a lot of Jewish lawyers. There's a lot of Republican lawyers, <laughs> but Republican Jewish lawyers, not so many. Especially uh, ones that live in Lakeview, which is one of the most liberal zip codes in America. <laughs> also with us is Paul Lisnick, uh, who also lives in the area. He's a uh, political analyst for WGN Television and also is uh, an author of numerous books. He's an attorney and does, uh, does a great job on WGN. And Georgia Logothites joins us. She's an old friend of the program. Uh, she's a Democrat or progressive. You're more of a progressive than a Democrat. You were for I'm Bernie Sanders, <laughs> and also uh, you write for the Daily Cause, and you have done that for over 20 years now, right? Well, not 20, but feels like it. If about 15 years, yeah. Okay, well, who's counting? Uh, so we, anyway, we, we, uh, we have lots to talk about. We were talking about, and we're going to take calls in just a moment, what we were talking about during the break, we were talking about uh, John McCain. And uh, in case you just tuned in, uh, Jeannie Ives was making a comment that on her Facebook page today, she was talking about the heroism and his military record, John McCain's military record, and she was somewhat flabbergasted by the response of some conservatives that would not even acknowledge uh, his his war heroics, and they went into a, maybe a, a polemic about his politics. So I had asked uh, before the break uh, whether it is possible to have great respect for the man's uh, service to the country and uh, and great respect for for that part of his life, but then also question whether or not uh, he was on the right side or continued to be on the right side of American politics. And there's a lot of people who are Republicans who felt that, that John McCain, uh, who they may have loved in, in 2000 when he was running against George Bush, that he became more of a maverick and, and has let the party down to some extent. And whether or not we can have that, this may not be the night, because this is the night we're talking primarily about the positive sides of John McCain. But he was a controversial person. I think you made an interesting point, Josh, is that one of the reasons he was on, he was on Meet the Press 73 times, uh, rarely was there a Sunday that he was not on a Sunday morning show. And uh, this was a guy that, that loved to get out there. He had a, a large ego, which a lot of people in Washington have. Yes. But again, uh, he used that platform to, to present a, a picture of a party. And, and when, when Donald Trump during the campaign basically insulted him by suggesting that he liked living or he didn't like he liked living war heroes and he dismissed the heroism of John McCain a lot of people including everybody in the national news media was absolutely beside themselves they all were predicting that would be the end of the Donald Trump campaign that was the first of many gaffes that that uh, the president made president Trump made during the campaign but to me, it was one of the turning points in the campaign because it basically said you can attack a war hero, a former you know, leader of your party. You can attack him and get away with it because there's a lot of people out there in the Republican primary base who agree with you. They were tired of hearing the war hero side of John McCain. They were remembering the political side of John McCain, uh, which they disagreed with. And the friendship with Joe Lieberman and possibly considering even running with John Kerry and giving John Kerry basically political cover when he, when he ran for president uh, in, uh, against George Bush in 2004. So 
John McCain is a he's a player. John McCain was for John McCain, was for his beliefs, which is good. Everybody should stand by your principles. But there was a side that made him a darling of those people who, as you said, uh, Josh, people in the media, they love, I will add one more thing. You said they like losing Republican candidates, and they did. Yes. They like John McCain. They like Bob Dole a little less so. A little less so to Mitch Romney, although when he lost, he became a little more popular. But the other thing they like, and this is in both parties, they love turncoats. They love turncoat Republicans, and they love turncoat Democrats because it creates angst and, and, and disruption within the political parties. And their job is to cover the political parties. So that's my little take on John McCain. Right, and I think, I think you nailed it very well, Bruce, in terms of uh, the complexities of John McCain. John McCain was a, a great hero, but he was also a, a politician, and he was a political animal, and he wanted to present himself and his ambitions in the best way. But I think when we look back at John McCain, who was an incredibly admirable person, it goes to the larger point where I think the Republican Party is. And that is the Republican Party got tired of nominating people who were war heroes like Bob Dole and John McCain and really nice people like Mitt Romney who ran weak campaigns, refused to attack their opponent, and lost. And so... They went with Donald Trump. And say what you want about Donald Trump as a person. I, I don't know the man, so I'm not going to say one way or the other. But you know what? From a policy standpoint, he's getting it done. And that's why his approval ratings among Republicans are at 90%. And that's why a lot of Democrats in the media hate him. Exactly. Right. No question about that. But it would be it would, okay, ahead, it, yeah, be, it would have been interesting this past week when he signed the president signed the um, a funding bill for the military, which the Senate named for John McCain. And I accept everything you've said, whatever. But and I understand maybe the president sticking with his position about you know not wanting to honor John McCain. But the Senate did that. The Senate named that funding bill for John McCain. Uh, nothing was more important to him than vets and funding and, and, and the military. And, and I just think it might have been uh, you know given that he won and he is the president, maybe take the high road on that point. All he had to do was say, this is the McCain funding bill, and he wouldn't I, do it. I, 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 t I totally agree with it. And, and one of the things that disturbs me about the president is that every time he says something really outrageous, I'm saying to myself, maybe that's the last thing he's going to say. And it never is. Yeah. But you know, th this was a moment where he could have been presidential. He could have risen higher than McCain. Because, yeah. by the way, McCain was trashing Donald Trump to the very end, saying, yes. I don't want him at my funeral. So John McCain was – he was seeking revenge. He's seeking revenge against Donald Trump for, for Donald Trump disrespecting him. So I understand the hatred that John McCain had for Donald Trump. I, re, I understand that there may be some hatred that Donald Trump has for John McCain. But in this particular case, he should have risen above that and just no. said – And by the way, look who, look who McCain did ask to give the eulogies, the two men who beat him right. in elections. Yeah. The two – that's pretty – Says something. Look, right. Trump, Trump wouldn't be able to find the high road if an Uber driver dropped him off there himself. I mean, this is a man whose entire life is based off of petty grievances, revenge type of business dealings. And we saw that obviously with the pulling of the clearances and whatnot. But going back to what you said yeah, about the approval of the 90 percent, I think we're talking about a shift of how the Republican Party has changed since 2000, as you mentioned, right. or, or even, you know, his, his other campaign. Mm -hmm. um, this was a party where... It used to be about 
standing up for the rule of law, family values, and justice, and they nominated somebody in Donald Trump who kind of stood apart from all that precisely because That's because they the Democrats put, went down that road a so, long so time the ago. Party of, the party that used to be your father's Republican Party, the party of Reagan, no loser, longer exists. The loser it, it hasn't changed. And that's what I'm saying. The Republicans have changed. made a the decision party to put to, to, no, to our say platform we, hasn't will win, the platform. we will win based off of no. lying, cheating, stealing, whatever it takes no. in terms no. of no. economic I'm, I'm policy. I'm sorry. I'm, got, I'm not going to accept got, that. You've got that, that is not. That's not that true. is just not true. The party that's changed is the Democrat Party. Would you claim that this is the party of Reagan? You just elected a Democrat party. Of Reagan, when Reagan's immigration policy is Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at BrianSellsTheDesert.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thanks very much. Let's go to line number one. Uh, Bonnie, I believe, is calling from Crown Point, Indiana. Bonnie, are you still there? Yes, I am. It's nice to talk to you, Bruce. Very good. Thank you for calling us. Well, I have a comment to make about, a brief comment about Trump, and then I have a comment about uh, Mr. McCain from my personal experience. Okay. Um, Regarding Trump, um, Alan Dershowitz, who is a liberal, uh, uh, Democrat-oriented professor emeritus at Harvard Law School, he said that if Trump pays off somebody, there's nothing illegal about that, and there's nothing that can be prosecuted about that. He also says if he has someone do it on his behalf, there's nothing illegal about that either. Only if that person did it of their own choice, then it becomes illegal. And he has been appearing on talk shows explaining this in great detail, and it's all over the Internet. So that's one thing. Uh, regarding yeah, he, was, John- he was on one of the Sunday shows today. Uh, basically, he, he makes a case that... Uh, that there's nothing that has been done thus far that's an impeachable offense. And he's a libertarian. He's not a Democrat. Yeah, he's a libertarian. He's a liberal. He's a liberal libertarian. And then what I can say about John McCain is this. Um, My son graduated from Northwestern University in 2001, and John McCain was the commencement speaker. And he, uh, in his commencement speech, he talked about a coming slaughter and genocide that was going to happen. He was frustrated because the uh, people in the media didn't really care. Uh, the people in, in the Congress didn't seem to care. Nobody seemed to care. And he was basically making a last-ditch effort to, to get somebody to care. And he's talking to these graduates who really are thinking about everything else. And he's talking to their, you know, their parents who are sitting like me in the, in the audience. And he was, he was saying, you know, get involved in politics. 
call your congressman. You've got to do something about this. And guess what? A few months later, there was the genocide in Rwanda. So, you know, it was like I told my dad at the time, I said, see what he said absolutely, completely came to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing about John McCain is that he was, a, he was a, he demonstrated that you can have a public difference within your party, you know, as far, and, and this is mm-hmm. something that the Republicans, the Republicans don't shy away from, uh, from, you know, really strongly disagreeing with each other publicly. And that's really different from the Democrats. You sort of have to be in lockstep with them. I mean, if you, mm-hmm. if you do not support the abortion until birth, you know, agenda or Black Lives Matter, whatever, they don't want to hear from you. Okay. And if, if somebody from your party says something that's really abhorrent, they never say anything against that person or take them to task. It's like the Democrats seem to put okay. party loyalty above country. And I think the Republicans, to some degree, put a little more so country before party loyalty. Okay, thank you. We're going to let our Democrat, let Georgia, respond to that. Thank you, Bonnie, for calling. I wish Democrats were that organized and were able to keep their people in line. I wish. um, Obviously, that's not true. Uh, That's why you always see headlines about Democrats in disarray, and there's a very wide range of views across economic and social issues in our party. Yeah, and there was a big meeting in Chicago this week. Mm -hmm. No, you you can't be a pro-life Democrat. You can absolutely be a pro-life Democrat, and a lot of people. They tried to take the only pro-life congressional guy out, Dan Lipinski, who sits here in the Illinois Third. They tried to take him out with a very socialist, progressive Democrat because he was the last standing pro-life Democrat. There was a lot more on his record than just being anti-choice. That was absolutely part of it. But you know what? A person has to represent their district. We've got Democrats in red states, right? That are very, you know, anti-choice or anti-abortion. But the truth is, you like to hide from yourself. Heidi Heitkind's having a hell of a time up in North. That, do you think that because people should represent that. their constituents, though? That's my question. So I think they should be truthful if, if about, what, about, about who they represent I, when I, they go, let, and let, that's let not Jeannie what's happening absolutely. in the Democratic Party. Let, let Jeannie talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I've said my piece. No, Jeannie's I mean, completely it's, it's right. right. A candidate they, should be able to stand up and say, these are my absolute core beliefs, and if you believe in them, vote for but me. But they if will you don't say that, them, they will say that in their district, and they will act a different way when they're on on the, the floor voting. My okay. prediction is that in two years, you're not going to find that many Democrats who admit to being capitalists. <laughs> okay. That's we a sad move on. I, I disagree with that, but we'll, we'll check that in is two a sad years. Statement. We will move on to Alan listening to us in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Alan, go ahead. You want to change the subject? Uh, hello, Bruce. How are you? Okay. What What is your pet topic tonight? Uh, well, it's a post that uh, you commented on that yep. I made on Facebook about a totally different subject. It's about the Obama administration decision to stand down, yes. uh, quote-unquote, in the face of Russian hacking in 2016. Right. And uh, I've been thinking about this quite a lot, especially since uh, just, I believe it was the 15th, that President Trump rescinded Obama's Presidential Policy Directive 20, which basically had set up a pretty complicated counter cyber uh, security or or counter hacking set of measures uh, that many of the Democrats uh, and the Obama administration people said was part of the reason they couldn't respond vigorously when they knew that the Russians were hacking. 
And so I asked some questions about that uh, online, and, and I think there may have been some interest there. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if this panel is interested in discussing it or not. Well, I think, I think one, of the, one of the reasons, again, uh, I, I read your post on uh, Facebook and asked you to, to call in, and basically it's a story that really has not gotten uh, a lot of play, and that is that the Obama administration, their, their chief cyber officer, uh, that worked directly for the President of the United States, was ordered to stand down by Susan Rice and, and, and not pursue Russia's involvement in the campaign. Uh, the information had been provided by all the intelligence officers, leaders, including John Brennan. The information was, was making its way to the White House, made its way to the White House, made its way to the, the head of security, uh, cybersecurity, and he wanted to pursue it. And uh, he was told to stand down, and it, it what, what brings to, to the fore, which is something we talked about several months ago on this program, when I had Michael Isakoff as a guest, mm-hmm. because he's I the one here. that wrote the story for, uh, for uh, uh, Yahoo News about this person had testified before Congress. This has all happened in the last couple of months, but it's a story. Actually, there were two people that testified. They both verified the same story. But there was virtually no coverage by the national news media. And it basically was, this was the guy who was responsible for advising President Obama to fight the efforts of the Russians during the presidential campaign. And he told them to stand down because of an order by Susan Rice. To me, that's an important, a very important piece of news because John Brennan and Clapper and all those that have become vehement anti-Trump uh, uh, you know, uh, critics in the last several months, or actually since Trump got elected, they were in charge. They should have done more to warn the American people and to thwart the efforts of the Russians, and they didn't do it. So if I can, and, let, me, let yeah. me add to that. So I, I think everybody, Democrat, Republican, would agree the Obama administration's response to the hacking was not sufficient. Uh, they should have Best done more. They should have, okay, well, I'll put it whatever words you want. It, was, it, it, was, uh, it didn't work, uh, and they should have done more. But that being said, that was then. The question is now, what is the Republican-controlled government doing to investigate everything you're talking about? I mean, let them have hearings on it. Let them investigate what should have happened and, and what happened and who, what Susan Rice said to so-and-so. And, and it's being, but, that, but that is being done. And but then, that and is then being mo- done, and, and now they're for- putting in cybersecurity for the 2018 election. They're having meetings but con- about But it they as also well. just rescinded $325 million or something out of the budget, which was designed for that purpose. So, it, once again, what is the current administration and Congress doing to, to stop these things happening in the current year? It clearly is going on. Well, that just because they rescinded money my, doesn't my, mean it's not happening. My point is that public opinion moves when mm-hmm. the public has been given information, mm-hmm. usually heavy doses over and well, over again. And in this particular case, this was, in my view, this was a very important piece of news. So that's and right. Basically the campaign hacking. You're absolutely right about public perception, you know, moving in terms of information, which is why another story that hasn't really gotten the attention it deserves is when President Obama wanted to release a statement about the fact that Russia was interfering in the elections, and it was Mitch McConnell who said, if you do this, we're going to tell everybody that it's politically motivated and you're trying to defeat Donald Trump. You're using your federal position to defeat Donald Trump. And, and they my, had to issue a more watered-down statement. And here was my, what my response was to that. You should you, have done you, it anyway. You, yes. You yes, are the leader of coward, the free world. Mm-hmm, you're, letting, you're letting a senator from Kentucky mm-hmm. 
tell you and tell the world, keep your mouth shut but on let, this issue. Let me ask you I've a been leader, a, su- a leader, FDR would not have Let's take responded your, in let's that take, same let's way. Say, I want to interject Obama. because yeah. I've been a cybersecurity attorney since 2006. Mm-hmm. I know a little something about this. I've been dealing with Russian hacks and trying to protect private companies from Russian hacks and Eastern European hackers since 2006. It is stunning to me. This has been known in industry that the Russians are hacking into U.S. businesses. Why, why would it surprise anybody that they would try to disturb our elections? And so it, I find it, and this is not partisan Democrat or Republican, I find it offensive as an American citizen that our government, whoever it was in charge, didn't do more so to do stop you, it. Let me ask I have you, a real problem That's a with great that. point. But do you also find it offensive that the current president <clears throat> refuses to even acknowledge the fact that it's Russia that did hack our elections or at least tried to influence our elections and also is currently the one that's antagonizing and trying to hack into our state election systems as well? Who says Trump that he has said doesn't. three or four he, times he, no, he that does. he said it he, was he Russia. He says it and then he, he keeps knows getting asked about it. He says it could have been he, Russia, he, no, it could have been any country was his last statement. That's because you're conflating the two issues of Russian collusion for between Trump we're putting aside and collusion. Hacking, no, no, no. We're putting aside collusion. That was Helsinki when he said he said it four or five times that it was Russia. He keeps getting asked about it. He keeps taking it back. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you just tuned in, let's all take a little breather here. We'll be back. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be, where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sip cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Well, Steve Bannon has said, uh, this is an alert to all the uh, Trumpsters out there, he has said that if the Democrats win control of the House, the president is toast because of the, the, the drumbeat for impeachment. Is that, the rally, is that the rallying cry that the Republicans should be using in the next month from a political standpoint? I think the Republicans' base needs to wake up and recognize that that is – absolutely going to happen. I mean, look, Pelosi, and they can talk about, oh, impeachment's not really on on the agenda. We're going to see what happens. We're going to see how the investigation plays out. There's no question about it. To satisfy their rabid base, they will try to impeach Trump, and they will investigate everything Everything. under the sun. And that's the real problem, because impeachment, they're not going to be able to convict him. And and then nothing gets done. And the bottom line is constitutional law issue, which is if the Democrats take control of the House, yes, there will be impeachment proceedings, and yes, he will be impeached. That will happen. However, 
that's Bill Clinton was impeached. It yes. doesn't remove you from office. You need right. two-thirds of the Senate right. to remove you from office. And even if the Democrats were to take control of the Senate, which yep. they will not, right. but if they were, they don't have two-thirds. Look, it's a political you, process. The, the, what, the th- you know, I like to talk about the positive stuff in a campaign. Like, what are you going to do? What's your policy agenda? What, what, what's up next for the economy? How else are you going to help people, you know, do better? How are you going to fix higher education and it's the cost? Things like that. I wish we would talk about that more, quite frankly, as Republicans, and lay out our agenda with them. But on the backside, I think it is worrisome because that entire agenda we lay out would completely be taken over by any investigation, any talk of impeachments. You would all you would hear is that noise, and you would not talk about real policy formation going forward. And this country desperately needs, um, you know, money more more money for infrastructure. We need to fix higher education. Oh, the government would be paralyzed for two years. It'd be absolutely. That's the problem. That's a problem. That is the problem. All. Bets are off about this economy growing. You would immediately see, in my opinion, a recession. If, if we to, keep the Senate, we at least get the judicial appointments going through. Though. We go to line three. Steve, listening to us in Grantham, New Hampshire on WNTK, one of our oldest affiliates. Nice to hear from New Hampshire. Go ahead. Go ahead. Steve, are you there? Nope. Oh. Well, that's not very good. How about Tom in Youngstown? Listening to us on WPIC out of Sharon, Pennsylvania. Go ahead. Another great program, Bruce. Thank you. Um, to you and your guests, I, you know, first of all, I think that um, everybody's missing the main issue here, Democrat and Republican, and that is that Trump is trying to drain the swamp. And by that, I mean all the money that is made by people in Washington, D.C., in government through favors, you know, uh, Peter Schweitzer was on uh, a program this week with a friend of his that wrote a book uh, concerning uh, the FBI and the corruption in it and pointed out that Comey left the FBI and Mueller threw him. He went to, to uh, be the uh, counsel and um, uh, general counsel and senior vice president of Lockheed. Uh, Comey threw him a billion-dollar concrete uh, contract to the FBI uh, and uh, Comey got $6.1 million out of it. Uh, Comey goes into the FBI. Mueller leaves the consultant. He gets $3.5 million being a consultant through different groups to the FBI, uh, including uh, uh, Apple and uh, uh, a number of other uh, companies there. Now, now, my question is this. When you combine that, and that's not just, uh, you know, there. You, you can look at all the millionaires that come out of Washington, D.C. You know, they're getting given favors to their friends and so forth and, uh, and getting money through other countries. When you combine that with the fact that we look at the special pr- uh, prosecutor process and you only have to go back to Judy Miller, who was a New York uh, Times reporter who mm-hmm. was uh, leaned on and started uh, composing, not just singing, because she was put in, pr- put in prison for a number of months uh, for not cooperating with a special prosecutor. She wrote a book later saying that uh, uh, it, she lied when she said that it was uh, Scooter uh, Libby that gave her the information about Valerie, Valerie uh, Plame being uh, uh, a uh, CIA operative, mm-hmm. and that it, there was common knowledge at that time that it, because they well, wanted to go after they wanted Tom, to go kind, after, of wrap uh, up your, kind of wrap up your thought or put a question <laughs> on it if you can. Yeah, they wanted to go after Cheney and not uh, the, the true person, which was uh, uh, Colin Powell's uh, uh, leaker, his assistant. 
Now, my question is this. When are we going to get to the justice that everybody there is talking about on the Democrat side? And when are we going to get to uh, the whole idea of cleaning up the swamp and looking out for the American people, not just the Democrats and Republicans? Jeannie Ives. I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, uh, when we were on break, I did talk about uh, Trump was really sent to Washington to drain the swamp. People feel this uh, government's gotten too big. It's too intrusive in their lives. Um, it's got too many cronies getting favored deals and, and, and uh, favored status and handouts. And, I mean, you can go everywhere from, I, I, I think, uh, farm subsidies to clean energy subsidies to, to you name it. And I, I think people are just tired of it. And part of what Trump was sent to do was to drain the swamp. And, and, you know, he's which, on a mission. Which, well, and, I mean, and what we're seeing is the swamp fighting back real hard against mm-hmm. him. That's his really own swamp hard. fighting back. So you have how many members of his cabinet have been under investigation by their own ethics, you know, uh, heads of ethics department. Um, obviously, we had the head of the EPA have to resign after so many scandals as um, Secretary of the Interior and under the investigation. The EPA has been able to and get you know what? rid it's of regulations that still. There's a document circulating. The House uh, Republicans are trying to scare everybody. Going, We've been talking about impeachment, but we haven't been talking about Congress. Congress's other oversight powers. Um, They're circulating a document now on Capitol Hill listing the dozens of scandals that if Democrats get in power, they're going to start investigating X, Y, and Z. And it's kind of had this blowback effect because it's just highlighting the fact that he's not draining the swamp. He took all of his best buddies, people that were already millionaires. Look at Wilbur Ross now is under investigation for using insider information. So the bottom line is it depends what the definition of swamp is. If swamp equals policy, then he's draining the swamp. Every regulation Barack Obama thought of doing is going out the window. Uh, Economic policy. If swamp equals policy, then he's draining the swamp. If swamp equals people, then he has resupplied the swamp with some of the most uh, swampy people uh, who have been one by one being removed. And at least they're being removed. But at least they're being removed. But wait one moment. I have a quick question for both of you. So Pruitt goes away from the EPA, but the the regulations that have also gone away because he set the tone and the culture. So the mantra is we have to end this culture of corruption, right, and drain the swamp and everything like that. So well, that's I, really a hard thing I to say when you sit in Illinois. I suppose that both but. of you support Elizabeth Warren's new bill, which specifically ends the lobbying by former members of Congress, which seeks to enact into law all of these ethical norms that should be in place, closing the revolving doors, making sure people don't profit off of government. So my question to both of you is do you support Senator Warren's bill to end the culture I, of corruption? I, I'm, I'm not familiar with that bill. Is that the one where she wanted to nationalize corporations? Is it in that bill? No, or that's a, a different bill, bill, and obviously that's okay. a mischaracterization well, I want of to the make, bill. I want to make very clear that I'm against Senator Warren's bill to nationalize <laughs> corporations. But, uh, you know, I'd have to look at her other bill. We're going to move on. Joe, listening to us on KLBJ in Austin, we're going to try to get a lot more calls in. Go ahead. Bruce, I love your show. Thank you. Uh, Bruce, I wanted to ask the Republicans on your panel, why are they willing to sell their souls to the devil? for a few extra bucks in a 401k and a better economy. It, Why do they not give credit to the American people for pulling themselves out of this disaster that we inherited from the Bush administration? Well, the first, American people pull themselves. Why are you willing to sell your souls to the devil in order okay. to make a few extra bucks in your 401k? Okay. I feel that the tax credit that the Republicans gave, I spill that much in vodka and beer every year. Uh, Joe, let's let's let uh, Josh respond. So, Joe, let me respond, first of all, to your statement (laughs) that Bush left a mess. No, 
the Clinton era mortgage lending, lo loosening of the mortgage okay, lending policies ask, ask, created that financial mess. What? And you know what? And the economy had nowhere to go. Go back to you, Joe. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why are not any of those bankers in jail now? You're using illegal aliens as scapegoats. Well, no, you why do don't you ask Barack Obama why none of those bankers were in jail? I agree that oh, some of those bankers him. should I'm go to jail, him. but that has nothing to do with illegal ask aliens. Nothing. They're nothing. Yes, those are two separate yes. issues. Hey, I am you, glad that the president is protecting our borders. Because Joe. In the state of He's Texas, they're much. being used as scapegoats. The, and I was a Bush supporter. Don't get me wrong. I used to be a Republican. In the state of Texas, though, and you may have heard this before, when you ride with an outlaw, you die with an outlaw. And the president today is surrounded by outlaws and criminals and shady characters. He is surrounded by rats, and they're all ratting on him. Okay. John Bolton's a rat. Statement? Okay. Joe, Joe, you, Joe you've, made, you've made your point. We've heard from Austin, Texas. Let's go to Sacramento, California. Ron is listening to us on KTKZ. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any blue wave. The Democratic Party is drifting way over to the left. Some of their leaders are certifiably insane or certifiably communist. It's just not going to happen. They're going to, Republicans, are going to, I think, are going to keep with it. With a, assuming an honest vote count. And one other thing, Bruce, real quick. Situation with Russian uh, Maria Butina, I think, is a travesty of justice. She's, she's not any Jonathan Pollard. She's a pro-American, basically a goodwill ambassador, and a Russian version of Annie Oakley, you know, second, and all that. And uh, the Mueller Commission farce. Has, has put, she's in solitary confinement. She's been moved to a second jail, being mistreated to break her so they can come up with another phony baloney tale in their, uh, you know, crazy attempt to get a pound of flesh out of, out of Donald Trump. It, it's insane. Her case should go to the Human Rights Watch or <clears throat> something like that. Uh, she should be cut loose immediately. It's insane. The restraint of the, uh, this start, started with the, with the whole Russian hysteria. We've had a, a approximately 20-year thing where, uh, where we had to designate Russia as the boogeyman. And ironically, when, when, they, when we had the USSR, the liberals and the pinkos in our government which is Gaga couldn't get enough of uh, Joseph Stalin and Ron. the communists. Okay, Ron, I agree. Ron. She is no red sparrow. Okay. We're going to move on. Thanks for your call, Ron. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City, just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City 
at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. Bruce and my pack, we are uh, handicapping the uh, Democratic nominee. Who is going to be the Democratic nominee? I mean, right now, Biden is polling near the top. Um, obviously, a lot of people have concerns about nominating somebody of his age, nominating, obviously, a male, nominating um, uh, somebody like Are that. Are you guys but, stuck that it's got to be some sort of minority representation at this point? Well, I think, think. Are I, you stuck in that mode? I, it's I think. not being stuck. I think this is what it is. We have a stuck, but, U.S. Congress that is almost 100 percent male, right? I mean, I'm sorry, 100 um, percent white. We have it being obviously majority male, even though there, it's not majority male in this country. And I think people are just looking for a government that's reflective of who they are. So I hear a lot of chatter for like a Biden-Harris ticket where he pledges one term. Um, there's obviously enormous support still for Bernie out there. I do not think Bernie should run, um, especially if he still refuses to pledge himself as a Democrat. And I because think of the age? Because of the age, because of how he, I think he's been very divisive in the party. The um, obviously, he knew very early on, I think middle of March, that he wasn't going to win, and he still stayed in and was very antagonistic. And so I think that he had some beneficial effect from a policy perspective on the party. But when it comes to trust, and I mean, if you want to run as a Democrat, you should declare yourself a Democrat. I don't oh, think. What do you think? I, I don't think that. Uh, I think it's too early to mention a name. And, and Joe Biden is a name you could be talking about now. Mitch Landrew, as we talked during the break, is a name you could be talking about now. Uh, former mayor of New Orleans, and I, and they'll probably both run. Although I thought Biden would run last time as well, and especially apparently he had promised his son he wouldn't. Whatever, but he didn't. Um, I, I think it's a name we don't know right now. I, I think somebody. What about is going- Stormy Daniels' lawyer? Yeah, Michael Avenatti uh, certainly has put his yeah. name out there, and I think that that is a complete distraction. Why he's doing that, I have no idea. But no, I don't think it'll be him. Story could be. He's very articulate. I mean, you talk about a guy that can rally the the anti. Put him as head of the DNC, but yeah, not as. He probably ought to just practice law, keep keep his clients, do it. You know, do do a good job for your clients. That's what lawyers ought to do. I just don't think it's a name we know. Will there be a challenge? Will there be a part of me? Yeah, and uh, yeah. Let's let's talk about the super. What about the super delegates? That just happened. How how effective is that? How much is that going to change the Democratic Party? I think it just goes to an issue of trust and and reforming the party so that it's more reflective of of what people perceive to be an equitable process. But Hillary Clinton didn't win because of superdelegates only, right? She won because obviously she amassed far more votes than Bernie. Well, she, she but won this she goes back the, to the schism the that I was talking about um, in the Democratic Party, and this is just a way that they're healing. And by the way, super by the way, superdelegates. You have intelligent listeners. I assume everybody knows what they are. But yeah. but these are people of certain designations. A Tony Preckwinkle for the Democrat. I mean, people have certain offices. Whatever the they elites, get the, the elites who get to the vote elites. for whoever they want. Right. With no, and so, and I think it may not have made Democrats, a difference in the election. Republicans but, don't have elites. No, but it's uh, probably a good question, idea that they pull them a, out of that here's race. Here's a question to our Republicans: Do you think Donald Trump will have a primary challenge? No, you don't. You? I think it's too early to tell. I could see somebody like Jeff Flake or uh, Kasich. He's uh, not going to have a credible primary challenge in my They'll opinion. They'll make noise. There will be noise about there, there, the, Yeah, I think there will be noise there because, again, the uh, – the, It's the pretty na- daunting to run against the an new, incumbent. I know, but the news media, the news media will, will – they will prop up any challenger. So the challenger is going to get plenty of – FaceTime. Correct. And, it, and, and if that challenger were to somehow defeat Trump, they would oh, no, the they next would. day start calling that challenger a racist and misogynist and all the other names that the they per, call but, every but the, Republican. But, the, but the, goal, the goal of that person is to rough up 
uh, Donald Trump. I mean, the whole purpose of it is they will get incredible media coverage because they will be the anti-Trump. They like the you know the turncoat. So uh, John Kasich is probably going to be on Meet the Press every day. He'll probably name Chuck Todd as campaign manager, although <laughs> probably have to take probably, a pay cut yeah. for that. But so he'll stay where he, he'll do it from the, but okay, from this, the podium. This conversation now is this conversation now. You move ahead a right, year from exactly. now. This we know right. we know there that. is so much more to come out of the of the Russia yes. investigation, whatever direction, whatever way it goes. There will be that so much is, more known so a year from now. This conversation is. I'm going to I'm going to ask a, a contemporary yes. question. Then is is the murder of Molly Tibbetts in Brooklyn, Iowa? Is that an issue that the Republicans? should be driving between now and November to turn out the vote. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think it is a great issue for the Republicans. John Cass wrote an incredible column in the Tribune a few days ago about it. He was castigated for it because he was comparing Molly Tebbets to uh, another situation, and they just went crazy. But it's a good issue for the Republicans. I, Jeannie, what do you think? Sure. It, it goes to one of Trump's signature promises, which was to build the wall and protect Americans. And that's the first role of government is to protect the populace, and, and people feel that at their core. And it's just it, it's horrific. Should we have illegal immigrants here committing crimes like that, and, and, and we can't stop it. Should die-to-the-wall Republicans... Should they be – how confident should they be that the Republicans are going to deliver on the immigration issue when basically in the House they've been unable to get anything done and they've controlled the House? That is a problem for us. It, we have not the, – the Republicans have not been a ready partner with Donald Trump, even though he was willing to do an incredible deal on DACA. The, the Democrats should have shut down, by the way, and well, should they, have done no, a signature they, they deal. They did take that deal, and he pulled, they, they, Democrats took that deal, Bruce, and then I, the president changed. But, but here's what – because Bruce Gosh. asked the Republicans. Here's what Trump should do. He has not had a willing partner in Congress. I agree 100 percent with Jeannie about it. Mm-hmm. Trump, because he made such a big issue about uh, this in the campaign, should put up some of his own money to start wall construction now. Bruce, should if I can he, jump in Should he also – should, should he – in this particular case, call it Trump Tower. Call it Trump Tower. Call it Trump Tower. I, I need oh, to jump in real quick because quick. when we talked seconds. about Molly Tibbetts, her family has come out and said that they don't want her used as a political pawn, and I think it's disgusting that the Republican Party is doing so to not honor her own family's wishes. I My think ten it's seconds. Disgusting that this guy got in to kill her. My ten seconds. The, the issue is. You need security, but people are not climbing over walls. They're coming here legally, and they're staying, and they're right. staying they're beyond. Their visas. The wall has become symbolic. Spend the money, but it's you something. Also in the Molly Tibbetts case is, the, is her, uh, uh, you know, or the, the guy's uh, employer, and that's E-Verify. This is Correct. another weakness mm-hmm. where the Republicans in Congress, they're not 100% behind E-Verify. And if they're not behind it, they're not serious. So if you really want that issue, you got to... You've got to think twice about Republicans. I agree. They're not doing their job. On that point, we want to thank all of our guests. Thank you very much for being with us tonight. And thanks to Fritz Goldman and Sam Greenberg and also Dan Dorfman for their assistance in the production of this program. Until next week, this is Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. If you look hard enough, go off the beaten track far enough, 
you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger, and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's World, Weekend Update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida. So why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. <laughs> 